You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about Slayer, Rain and Blood. On the line, I have Rob. Yes. Ben. Yowza. And Kyle. Hey, guys. Rain and Blood is the third studio album by the American thrash metal band Slayer, released on October 7th, 1986 by Def Jam Records. The genre is thrash and metal, and the producer is Rick Rubin and Slayer. I'm going to read from the book, Rod Stanley. Any album that opens with the lines, Auschwitz, the meaning of pain, the way I want you to die, is going to grab your attention. It certainly pricked up the ears at CBS who refused to distribute the album, possibly alerted to its extreme lyrical content by the scenes of hell and dismemberment on the cover. Slayer formed in LA in 1982, gathering a cult following in a metal community that was turning away from the behemoths of the 1970s to younger, faster, and heavier bands such as Metallica and Anthrax. However, it was not until Rick Rubin signed them to his Def Jam label and gave them the clean production they had been lacking that Slayer's uncompromising vision of extreme violence, hell and damnation was unleashed on a startled mainstream. Musically, the album fuses the aggression and precision of thrash metal with the economy of hardcore punk. Most songs clock in well under three minutes. Dave Lombardo's relentless drumming leaves the listener breathless, while Carrie King and Jeff Hanneman's solos sound more like they are disemboweling their unfortunate instruments than playing them. The album's apex is the relatively lengthy Rainy Blood. Starting with a disquieting rain effect, it launches into a galloping thrash riff, twin lead guitars eerily echoing each other throughout the track. Rainy Blood remains unsurpassed, a high watermark for the genre. All right, what do we think of Slayer, Rain and Blood? First it's, listen. Uh, yeah. It, it, first it's listen. The best. First, first listen. Holy my first listen, too. What? I, I oh, get, boys. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I heard I the, the first track and the last track. I ne- never heard anything in between. Wow. Yeah. I didn't get into heavy metal as a youth. I, I, I don't have an older brother. I first started listening to heavy metal at Second and Park in, in, in Bloomington. And somehow I, I never really got that much into thrash. I mostly got into like Maiden power metal type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Never really got into Slayer. Never really listened to that much Metallica. This is awesome. I love it. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I'm i just going to gosh. So please stop me because I just <laughs> love, I fucking love Slayer and I love this album. And I think the reason, I mean, what really drew me to it is just like how technical are you how much do you fucking thrash and how much do you just bring it like the energy everything the performance it just it's unbelievable how tight and how fast and how just extreme it it gets you know and i know there's other bands that push that even farther but at this time 
I feel like they were just, no, we're not doing any ballads. We're not doing any of that stuff. Like, we're just going to be the wildest, craziest, in-your-face band, you know, we possibly can. They're just, like, pushing it. I was reading about when this album came out, like, uh, other metal bands in, like, 86, like, listening to Rain and Blood and then just breaking up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> done. <laughs> done. <laughs> what, what, what are we going to do now? We can't, can't do this. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. obviously I'll say the, the same line that, uh, who's it from, uh, Anthrax, uh, the guitarist. Uh, Scott Ian? Scott Ian, or, yeah. yeah. And he's always on those behind the music, but the behind the music for Slayer, I mean, he, he would say the, on, the openers for Slayer, it's... You're between you're a band between the audience and listen and Slayer coming on the stage and you're going to be viewed as an enemy because they want to hear Slayer and you're just in their way. Like you go to a concert, I mean everyone's there. The funny thing too is at Slayer concerts, no one is ashamed to wear the band's shirt. Everyone's so, that guy. Everyone is that guy, and they just made it a thing. It's like, nope, just wear a Slayer shirt to a Slayer show because that's where, that's what you're gonna do. Fucking Slayer. <sighs> Fucking Slayer, indeed. Uh, they have the very first uh, documented use of the word uh, abyssinate. Yep. Um, on Angel of Death, uh, abyssination is the uh, putting red hot metal towards someone's eyes someone's eyes until they're blinded uh but they're the ones that made it into a verb <laughs> so yeah <good> job, <laughs> that blew me away i didn't know that to, i i guess i'm not that much of a, uh, a world war ii history buff because i didn't know that uh, abyssination was something that happened enough that there was a name for it where you just put a, a metal iron on someone's eyes and now they're blind no it's like when they it's like a red hot poker you hold by somebody's eyes Again, I, I, I close I enough guess, to melt your eyeballs, and it happens with enough frequency that someone's like, "We need a word for this." Yes, I don't want to get too much into it, but yeah, obviously from Angel Death, I mean, yeah. the Nazis did some. They were testing how to kill people more effectively. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, that's yeah. they had doctors per, doing these experiments, and I think that's also studying twins. Yeah, it, it just. Yeah, it's an awful thing, and I was thinking about that this week, too, of, like, Slayer pushing, you know, those elements, too, of saying, oh, guess what is, you know, more evil than the devil to an atheist is, like, Nazis, is is doctors who are, you know, actual serial murderers, like, genocide, mm-hmm. stuff like that is is terrifying, and that's that's, you know, subject matter for them. A description of those acts is not necessarily an endorsement of those acts. No, not at all. Says says Slayer, you know, and and I and I agree with Slayer. Yeah. The the fact that someone was like, well, you didn't say that Angel of Death was bad. And I think their reaction was, I have to tell you, like, Nazis (laughs) are bad. Like, what are you talking about? Why? Why would I have to tell you that all of this is awful? Well, you know, yeah. I guess playing the devil's advocate here <laughs> uh, pre- previously, like, you know, m- metal bands when they would talking be talking about I forget what, what was one of the bands we covered. Maybe it was Venom mm-hmm. where uh, where they're, they're talking about very, very satanic stuff. But they're also just like, yeah, like that's mm-hmm. what we want. So I guess, you know, if if mm, if, okay. if if your if your history of heavy metal 
is bands glorifying what culture has said is bad. Mm-hmm. And then and then Slayer comes along and they're talking about, you know, uh, Auschwitz and the Angel of Death. They're not saying it's bad, but I, I, don't, I guess I, I'm missing my own point here. But, you know, <laughs> sure. no, Slayer, should, Slayer should not have to say Nazis are bad. But by that same logic, like, like, like other, 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 I don't know. Yeah. Other no, bands will talk it. about bad things in a glorifying way. Right, right. They're saying, you know, hail Satan, things like that. Yeah. And so when he's talking about, you know, angel death, it's like, oh, are you, you know, are you subscribing to this? And I think a lot more of that has to do with their iconography. Um, the S mm-hmm. in Slayer has, it's it's like a lightning bolt that looks a bit like the SS. Of, it looks exactly you know, like the SS rune. Uh, yeah, the rune. Um, and then some of their, you know, they've used like a Nazi imagery before on some of the designs and things like that of playing into the fact that, you know, Nazis are bad. This is evil stuff. And that is like a personification of, of um, you know, what they're doing. Obviously, they've always, you know, said no, that we're, we are not into Nazis. I mean, probably the same way Motorhead had that sort of iconography of the day. And I think they've recognized that more recently to, like, to shy away and be like, well, yeah, okay. That's if you think that's, if you think we're there, then maybe we shouldn't, you know, be presenting ourselves in, in that way. It's, it's just curious. a, is a reactionary kind of like, let's show these things, this, this evil side of human nature. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I totally get yeah. that. But it's also, it wasn't until like the nineties that they changed their logo from like the pentagram logo to the, like the Nazi Eagle holding the pentagram Mm -hmm. logo. So it's interesting that on one side of the coin, like a backlash from angel of death, they're like, Oh no, we're not into Nazis. We're just talking about Nazis. But then later in the career, they, they lean into it. Yeah. I mean, cause it's an edge Lord, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Lombardo, two, 220 mm. beats per minute, speed and aggression. He earned the title of Godfather of D- Double Bass. <laughs> I'm glad they yeah, convinced no him shit. to not quit the band. All he needed was a, a, a paycheck, which, <laughs> un- understandable, he had a kid at the time. He was like, uh, I, I need a job. And they're like, oh. And then, like, uh, like, I don't know if it was Def Jam or whatever. It was like, well, we, Rick, can, yeah. Yeah, we, can, pay, we can pay you. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, yeah, well, then back. <laughs> <laughs> what song are we on right now? Necrophobic or Altar of Sacrifice? Uh, this is Altar of Sacrifice. Uh, this song is infamous for being the alleged reason behind the 1995 gruesome murder of 15 year old uh, Elise Poller when three teenagers lured her out of her home with the promise of marijuana, then killed her in San Luis. Yeah, that was super March sad. 19... I read that too. Wow. Yeah. I don't know that true crime. Is that, did that. Is that one of the cases cited in the big satanic panic thing, or is this its own thing? Uh, this is its own thing, but I mean, so we're 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 well into satanic panic. Like, yeah. every, everyone's looking legit, for that shit. It, it sucks when moms have a legit reason to panic. Yeah, yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, the uh, the parents of her sued Slayer and their label and the parents of the daughter's killers. I don't know if they won anything though. Did um, the I, I'm not familiar with this case. Did the killers say, like, oh, yeah, Slayer told us to? 
one of the teenagers stepped forward to confess the murder and even helped authorities locate the body, uh, then went on to say that Elise's murder was a satanic sacrifice of a virgin inspired by song altar of sacrifice, especially the lyric high priest awaiting dagger in hand, spilling the pure virgin blood. All right. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, Metallica gets sued for uh, yeah. a kid committing suicide yeah. for um, uh, whatever that fucking song is on uh, Ride the Lightning. Like it, it, this is already like happening. It, it turns out that like you know, disaffected youth listen to uh, extreme music. Go fucking figure. But yeah. most of us don't end up murdering anybody, right? Some 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 people do, and some people end up taking their own lives. And I I guess that should be they should shine a light on that. Uh, I would say it's not the artist is creating art. I would say if these child, if these people are under the age of 18, I think it's up to their guardians to, to be able to determine whether, whether or not they can listen. Art is not intended for all audiences and it's not the artist's responsibility to change their art, to make sure it's appropriate for all ages. It is, I think a parent's responsibility to know your child well enough to know whether or not like oh yeah rain and blood they'll totally think this is fucking awesome or to know your child well enough to like oh my my kid is very impressionable maybe i should be keeping an eye on them yeah Yeah, psychos are gonna do fucking psycho shit and you know that yeah there's no there's no way out of it so yeah fuck those kids for being a bunch of dipshit murderers i hope they're rotting in prison I have a feeling if it wasn't this record, it would have been another record that they would have cited. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe it would have been friends it- in low places. production wise on this album yeah. drums are way out front yep. uh there's no reverb on the guitars because that would cause just you wouldn't be able to fucking understand anything yeah, which no, makes it <laughs> way punchier than uh than anything they had done up to this point the only thing that bothers me is the ridiculous use of that delay effect like on the solos that just like the mm. like occasionally that's the only complaint I have on the production. Like I, I fucking love all the songs. I love all the satanic imagery and death stuff. It's just a timeless classic guys. Yeah. This is a timeless classic. Yeah. Listening to the previous albums, I mean, show no mercy and then hell awaits it. it you can tell the difference in production. It's like night and day. There's mm-hmm. no comparison. You, you listen to those and it's, it's mud. It sounds like they're, you know, shredding in mud and this one is clear cut and yeah i get i get what you're saying a little bit on that the guitar whales the guitar solos and and um losing a little bit there but i mean i'm <laughs> just curious silly to me and okay. i think it's i think the silliness is just hindsight i imagine i'm the probably the only person who complains about this i hadn't noticed until you brought it up how dry the guitars are you know <clears throat> because it, they have to be you know, previously in like in like rock and heavy music, you, you, you would want some reverb on guitars. It makes it sound more natural. But I was wondering, like Birch, I know you've seen Slayer live several times. Sure. You cannot control reverb in a stadium. No. These same songs, how do they sound when they have all of that? 
uncontrolled natural reverb bouncing everywhere. They don't sound good. I will okay. I will attest that it is very, very hard to control um yeah, how they sound live because it is so fast that you're get you're gonna get a bounce from, you know, the back of a stadium and you're gonna it's gonna get muddy. So I will say, I mean, even with that, it's still a force to be reckoned with and still a brilliant, beautiful show of uh you know, well, I'll, I'll see power. them next time they are in the tri-state area. Uh, they're done, dude. They're done, <laughs> uh, I've, heard, I've, I've heard that before. I've yeah. heard bands say they're done. Yeah, maybe in yeah five six years, maybe they'll get bored, come back. Maybe once COVID's yeah, over, they'll, they'll finally be like, uh, we're ready." Um, I will. I do have to mention. Anne indulges me obviously with a lot of you know metal and harder rock stuff that she's just not into, and you know I've been in to metal for a while and i was like yeah yeah we're i, I bought these tickets it's it was close to our anniversary i was like we're gonna go see slayer <laughs> she was like great okay i mean sure uh and she got to the show and slayer got on the stage and i think i have some photos of her face but it like it's like when you see a band and your face just like melts because <laughs> she was just like what the fuck is going on this is incredible i mean because slayer puts out you know the biggest flames just huge flames that you can feel to the back of a stadium because they're just it's all fire and shredding guitars and she <laughs> like lost her mind and she realized she's like oh metal is an opera of darkness you know it is the <laughs> antithesis because she had only been seeing like those crappy metal bands in Bloomington. She had never been to a real metal show. And Mm -hmm. so she like completely flipped her perspective of what that means. Like when someone is so good at guitar, someone is so good at drums and then you have this spectacle going on. Huge production, a circle pit, you know, throughout the entire set list. And yeah, it was just a, it was wonderful. I uh beautiful. I, I I once tried uh concert tickets for an anniversary gift and uh <laughs> did not it backfired. Oh no. <laughs> so the concert tickets I got were uh uh I really like King Gizzard and the Lizard yeah. Wizard and they're from Australia and they rarely you know the 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 times that they come it's only a few, every few years so they they make it to to the states. And I knew that Carrie kind of liked them as well, especially you know they sound the something about that band they sound so different from album to album and they're so prolific. When I bought the tickets, they had just released an album that was relatively poppy and I bought the tickets. But by the time the show happened five months later, they'd already released another album because that's <laughs> how they do. Yeah. And was their Infest the Rat's Nest album. They're the was one. The microtonal they, one? No, I love the microtonal one too. Infest the Rat's Nest is their thrash album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> so we drove and we get there and I also thought, I did not realize that the concert was an outdoor festival setting. I thought it was like a theater. Mm -hmm. So we get there and it's hot and it's outdoors and it's full of just like the open air and metal heads and a thrash show. I was like, happy anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. The good thing though, is that tour, their tour lasted a year and they actually came to Louisville on 11 11 2019 and so Anne bought me tickets as a surprise 
because it was, oh, it was close awesome. to our it was basically one year from the almost to the day of you know so she they bought were me still t- on the same tour yes because it was a, <laughs> so supposedly a farewell tour you know we went to see zach was there uh that was a great at the yum center uh and then was at, the ministry there was that the ministry yeah, show ministry was there um primus slayer oh, yeah i wanted to go to that yeah. yeah the previous one was really good too it was anthrax um lamb of god napalm death slayer yeah it was fantastic but that night too it was like the first snow of the season and then we we were like driving back and Anne was like do you want to go to this all-night church church that has saint bones in it and zach was like yes let's go there <laughs> so we pulled over and it's snowing and we were like are we gonna burst into flames we just saw slayer we're going to this <laughs> church to look at saint bones What else? Uh, although the album received received no radio airplay, <laughs> go figure. It was the band's first release to enter the Billboard 200, where it debuted at 127, attaining its peak position 90, uh, 94 in its sixth week. So, and they even liked it even more over in the UK. It reached a uh, 47. So, certified gold in 1992. So it took a minute. Yeah, shit fucking rules. Maybe peak thrash in speed and execution that my my only my only gripe with with slayer is i prefer more melodic guitar solos but that's mm-hmm. not uh that's not a thing that they give and the solos are fucking rad um mm-hmm. I, I grew up metallica more than slayer sure. so that's probably where that shit comes from uh also the birth of death metal um oh. but the book will not be going into that particular genre yeah um, yeah i thought that was yeah, that's this. What would be but... humor me uh, if you had to say like big four of death metal? Birch, I I implore you to go. I'm just gonna say death. I, I mean death for death. for yeah. one for sure. Uh, if you wanted to consider Slayer, I mean they're kings of among metal. People constantly say that. How does okay uh, okay sub question? <clears throat> How does death metal differentiate from black metal sonically? Do you hear what's in your cans right now? Yes. Have you ever listened to black metal? Venom. The, uh, are, are you? Are we talking so, uh, the, wait, the birth of black metal or Nor- Nor- Norwegian wait, black metal? Because so, there's a but, big, the, the, big difference. So is this album thrash or is this death? See, do, do you see why I need some help here? Yeah, yeah. Br- break down the metal genres for me. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I know power. Is this a I know Patreon th- episode? <laughs> maybe. I'm late to metal. I know power. I know thrash. I thought I knew black. I don't quite know death. Okay, death metal. I'm just going to read the description. Extreme subgenre heavy metal typically employs heavily distorted low tuned guitars played with techniques such as palm muting, uh, tremolo picking, deep growling vocals, aggressive, powerful drumming, uh, featuring double kick. That's important. And blast beat techniques. 
okay uh, minor keys atonality abrupt tempo key changes so it's basically like stopping and starting on a dime in, in usually just kind of wild and uh yeah kind is, of what we're hearing now is thrash more controlled because with, with that description like starting and stopping on a dime double like paul muted double kick that also sounds like thrash to me yeah but thrash is is more of just they can have crossover but thrash is more of that you know you know the galloping okay. cut sort of like what okay. you think of a metallica's first kill them all um okay in this so yeah it the weird thing is Slayer like, kind of, he kind of, uh, they cross a genre. They're almost hardcore punk and thrash and death metal. You know, they have this co- sort of like wide array of these different things. Um, so would, then if you take that galloping and make it more triumphant, does it become power metal? Yeah, I, I would say so. Okay. Uh, in, in power metal doesn't rely so much on the detuned guitars, like lower tuned guitars. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So Yeah. Uh, you know, you're listening. happy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tri- triumphant, triumphant was my introduction. Uh, Power was my introduction to metal. Power metal bands were the first metal bands that I knew that I liked. Yeah. So the pioneers oh. would be like Venom, Slayer, Celtic Frost, and Creator. Uh, and then the like big ones of the genre is Death, uh, obviously. Um, yeah. o- Obituary, Autopsy, Morbid Angel. Um, to and be death metal, Exodus? do you need to have a do you need to have a death reference Exodus. in your band name? No, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you, there's Exodus, Cannibal Corpse, totally. Cannibal, oh, is Cannibal Corpse death? Yes, Cannibal okay. Corpse would be. Um, okay, and then we're gonna get into Napalm Death, which is considered more grind, and grind just it, just take away the vocals and have that <laughs> that kind of like growling, which Cannibal Corpse is a, a bit as well. What subgenre would be Cradle of Filth? Um, would you go black metal with them? That's a hard one. Because they're almost honestly goth. like my, my introduction to them was I thought they were more new metal than anything else. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Let's let's do let's do a specific Patreon episode about this. Yeah. And actually let, get let's let's, some, let's break uh, down metal, metal ringers. Okay. Yeah. That, that 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 sounds like a pretty good idea. So Cradle yeah. of Filth was originally black. But then they got into, yeah, goth metal and then also called symphonic metal, which is also a different genre where it's right. more symphonic and, you know. Yeah, I would I would love to crack this nut further open. We, we, we should. Yeah. Oh, I was going to I was going to mention a couple things before we did go there. Uh, Slayer used to use fake blood to cover their bodies when performing the the song live for Rain and Blood. Would it, would they cover it before they went out on stage, or would it fall from the sky onto I'm them? I'm sure it would fall from the sky. Their production is great. Wonderful awesome. production, if you ever get to see them live. I mean, fantastic. They have these huge banners that they put up that are the size of a building, uh, and they they play a couple songs with those banners and then, you know, the banner will fall and there's a banner behind it. It sets a really cool ambiance without having a video player, which that's cool. Yeah. It, because video can kind of be distracting. And when you're watching Slayer, I mean, they're all shred and no, there's no filler, nothing. Would the, would the banner have Slayer's name on it or would it be like a setting settings and different, um, banners and things like that. So it, it, cha- it changed it up depending on, you know, what they wanted. Either a scene from he- like a hellscape, like the cover, wonderful cover yeah. for this, or really cool cover. it would be, you know, like an icon 
uh, logo or something like that. Uh, one of Anne's favorite things is when they started, they always do sort of like an intro um, to their albums or usually do. And when they played the uh, Repentless is like one of their new albums and it has this really cool intro. And, and there were like three crosses that went like up on projected onto a screen in front of them before they even started playing. Uh, and then the crosses like slowly swirled and then they turned upside down and like, <laughs> and flames came up behind the curtain. So you couldn't actually see anything. And then the curtain dropped like a huge curtain. We're talking hundreds of feet just dropped in front and they instantly started just killing it, like shredding. So they're a one of those bands that you're just like, I do not understand how the stamina, I don't understand how the drummer doesn't just sweat into oblivion because they're they're literally just flames all around him. So speaking of that actually that that brings up a question. Are they a hard living band? They need to stay in like prime physical condition yes. to be able to do this. Yes, absolutely. There's Are no they, way. They're like make, like they waking up early, like making a juice and like going for a jog because they've got a show that night. <laughs> I don't know if they I go think that you'd far. Have to. <laughs> I, th I think you'd have to do something pretty damn similar, though, to continue playing at these speeds at that age. Yes. Yeah. Because if, if it was if it was amphetamine driven, they would have burnt out long ago. Yeah. Definitely. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Carrie King does say, if you release Rain and Blood today, no one would give a shit. It was timing. It was change in sound. In thrash metal at the time, no one had ever heard good production on a record like that. It was just a bunch of things that came together at once. So they Do you think no one would really give a shit if it came out right now? If it hadn't come out yet and some band just released Rain and Blood like today? I mean, it definitely we, would not be the... I think he's overstating because he's just kind of saying, well, yeah. you know. He's underselling it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's it, it, good. That's admirable. I like when people undersell their own work. Yeah. You know? Uh, it didn't it, get released. As opposed to the opposite. Yeah, it didn't get released through Columbia. Uh, Rick Rubin found uh, Geffen Records due to the controversy for their, you know, songs, their cover, everything. I love that they didn't, there was no, like, pandering. They were just like, no, like, we're going to release this. And Rick Rubin was, you know, the man to define them a different label to just say, yeah. This is it. We're releasing. Didn't even Geffen keep their name off of it? Like, oh, yeah. hey, we'll release it. But like <laughs> Alan Smithy Productions. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's great. Birch, you mentioned the album art. Uh, the album art is, it's really cool. And the art was uh, but done by uh, Larry Carroll, who at the time was doing political illustrations for the Village Voice in New York Times. And I thought that was really interesting to, to like, like, hey, this guy doing political cartoons that like, you want to you, like draw hell. <laughs> and then he did and and it's fucking awesome but like when you when you like i zoomed in on the album cover because i don't own a hard copy of it i do see you know it, it, it's really cool i do kind of see some of like the the political like uh, editorial cartoon illustrator style mm -hmm. in, in the style it, it's a nice blend actually yeah it's really cool yeah it's great uh we won't get to any other slayer which is unfortunate um i would what would you recommend a uh, season of the abyss uh, which okay. people will, I mean, Rob, uh, you can have your take on it, but a lot of people say with the next album, they go to South of Heaven, uh, which is a little more, people say, commercial because he doesn't have such a snarling, it, it blends more into the Metallica er area where it's like a little bit toned down. It's not just complete all shredding all the time, but then they bring it back into a nice... Uh, 
almost like a blend of those two albums into Season of the Abyss. Okay. Which some people would say is their their best album. That's 1990, it looks like? Yeah. Divine right. Intervention, I believe, is the only one that they disassociate themselves from because of the mixing, uh, because it's, I think, atrocious uh, mixing. <laughs> or is it, is it that? It's or still is it Ruben, though. Diablos? It's still Ruben. No, no, I'm sorry. It's the one from 1998 that they do not like. Uh, Diablos in Musica. In Musica, yeah. Also and, Rick Rubin. Yeah. But apparently huh. Sheila doesn't like anything after season, so. <laughs> she, she has her opinions. She has her opinions. <laughs> um, I do really like the the new one, the Repent, Repentless. It was good. And I like God Hates. I have song. not listened to it. Yeah, Repentless how, is. How, how new is New Slayer? Uh, 2015. Oh, 2015, okay. Yeah. Um, there is a video of them with uh, Danny Trejo in prison and people getting stabbed. So if you want to see that. Ooh. I do. I do. <laughs> it's good. Um, how do we feel? How do we all feel positive. about this album? I'm totally I love it, man. New Slayer fan right here. I, yeah. I, I, Excellent. I, I didn't doubt that I would be a Slayer fan. I felt like I was ready to become a Slayer fan. Yeah. And I, it did not disappoint well, if I was you're surprised really by how like clean and kind of glossy the record was. I mean, I like I said, I heard those two tracks. Yeah, it's very, very coherent and r- really a pleasure to listen to. I'd be a fan too. I'd love to see them live if they ever reunite. Yeah. And if you're really ready, grab the Exacto blade from in front of you and carve Slayer into your arm like a real fan. What this guy? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know me so well. Come on, let's go ape. <laughs> Rain and blood. Falling from a lacerated bed. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that line. Rain and rain and blood from a lacerated sky. Basically saying gaining enough power to invade heaven. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I do like plans. that 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 in this scenario, heaven's filled with blood. And all you need to do is cut cut into it and all the blood falls out. <laughs> oh uh, blood blood balloon heaven. <laughs> it's yeah, it's still hard to to put any any album up against that and just be like, show me the aggression, show me the, you know, show me the metal. Like literally, let's go. Show me what you can do on a guitar and and drums and yeah, this is a, this is a high point for sure. These lyrics often sound like Vigo the Carpathian. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> death means nothing. There's no end. I will be reborn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what what do you guys what, what what's y'all's uh opinions on on uh the band three inches of blood love it okay, love it. yeah okay okay i love them uh the three three inches of blood w- w- was they were new when i was just getting into to metal so they were probably one of the first metal bands i got to like see live and 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 have like that kind of experience with and uh man i like them and you were talking about like Birch, you were saying, show me, show me a band that like, yeah. brings the double drums, brings the aggression. Uh, again, I'm still a bit of a metal novice, but that was the band that came to mind sure. for me, for a band that was bringing it at the time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next time we'll be talking about throwing muses. Throwing muses. Thanks, John. Word. Right. Yeah.